This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. We leave the Piedmont and venture to the low country of South Carolina for a preview of a very special series. The Color of Music Festival runs October 24th through the 27th at a number of venues in Charleston, South Carolina, with a focus on classical composers, musicians, and vocalists of African descent. The festival includes organ and piano recitals, string quartets and other chamber ensembles, and chamber orchestra performances. My guest is Lee Pringle, the founder and artistic director of the festival. Lee, welcome. Thank you for having me. First off, give me your uh, elevator speech, that quick, focused description you might give someone on an elevator ride who asks you, what is this festival about? The Color of Music Festival is a festival that highlights the major contributions people of African ancestry have contributed to the classical music genre. And why is a festival like this important, in your opinion? A festival like this is important for two reasons. Number one, very few arts organizations, particularly symphonies, know the vast array of compositions that composers of uh, African ancestry have uh, put out among the world. And this festival was conceived to not only highlight their contributions, but it was also conceived to give conservatory-trained musicians, many of whom do not land covenant jobs in over 2,000 orchestras in America, a chance to perform the repertoire that they studied with uh, master's degrees, and about 60% of my musicians have PhDs. Now, I note that the Color of Music Festival, the word color, is spelled with the British spelling. What's the reason for that? Because I wanted the festival to have a global reach. Um, African ancestry permeates the world. There are so many variations of people who have dark color skin that the hues are not uh, what we would consider here in the United States to only uh, belong to African Americans. After all, we were abstracted from various West Africa uh, tribes and places and exported around the world, more so in South America, but, you know, less than a million or at a million people that came to the New World in North America. And so our shades vary, and the people who, uh, going back to the Titanic place, breaking away, there are many people who claim African ancestry, and we want to give them all an opportunity to feel welcome. So that's one of the reasons why we do not use the word African-American festival. How long has the festival been going on? This will be our sixth season. It's been a wonderful ride. It's been very challenging, as you can imagine, having the word black in our logo. And we don't apologize for it because we want people to know that that origin has a lot of significance. And uh, there are people uh, who consider themselves to be black around the world who have never had a platform to showcase their love for classical music or to be prominently displayed. The establishment of the classical world um, is accustomed to what their patrons can see to be or what they're used to seeing as classical music. And that's generally, you know, white, gray-haired people who go to these concerts. Very few people, you know, that are in a younger generation. And rarely do they see on a program a black person leading the orchestra as concert master or even standing next to the podium or on the podium as conductor. So we feel that our mission is timely and that society as a, as a whole want to see classical music diversify. 
How has the festival changed and grown since you started it? It has changed significantly. We've gone from uh, chamber to big masterworks, every major choral piece that you can think of, from the Theater Requiem to the Mozart Requiem and back. <laughs> Lord Nelson Mass, we just did last year. We'll be doing uh, the Bach Magnificat uh, in 2019. And this year, in Charleston, we're going back to Charleston's roots, where we're doing some Baroque to early classical. And it's in one of the most prestigious places, I think, in Charleston, and that's 21 East Bay, the Edmonston Austin House, which is a museum. But they have a lovely salon on the second floor that will um, host our chamber series. We'll have uh, three chamber series presented there. I'm going to ask you for some more highlights about the festival, but I'm curious to know where these musicians are coming from. You've talked about how well-trained they are and how great their love for classical music is, but are they local to the Carolinas? Are they coming from all over the country or what? Actually, they're all global. Um, One of my star artists is Anyango Yarbor Davenport. She is actually German. Um, of African ancestry, um, but she lives in Columbia, South, South America. She's a professor at one of the universities there. Um, but we do have some local. We actually have a local Columbia-based, well, was born and raised in Columbia, Wade Davis, who is a wonderful Baroque cellist. And he's been presented at the Color Music, at the uh, Moja Arts Festival here in Charleston most recently. And he does quite a bit in Baltimore where he's... Um, base right now. But the vast majority of them are from Boston, in New York. Uh, we have some folks as far out as Houston um, and uh, many places, but I would say the bulk of them are from the Northeast. When I introduced you, I mentioned uh, the variety of uh, programs that's going to be part of the festival. So give us some highlights from a few of them, if you would, please. Yeah, so uh, the festival will open with a, a showcase of uh, Wade Davis and the Color Music Quartet on Wednesday at the Edmondson Austin House, on Thursday at Murray Center, which is actually the home of Sueto Festival USA. They have a wonderful salon on the second floor. We'll have um, Justin Bland, who lives in Denmark, uh, who will do a recital on Baroque uh, trumpet. On Thursday, there'll be a, a concerto showcase where we'll showcase the viola, which rarely gets some of the star uh, light that it deserves. And uh, Ashley Gordon, who's based out of Boston, will be joining uh, Kyle T. Walker on piano. On Friday, um, we will be at the um, uh, at the Edmondson Austin House with a special program with Anyango Yarbor Davenport, violinist, doing from Mozart to Porgy and Bass. And on Saturday, um, there's an organ recital at high noon at the very historic St. Philip's Church on Church Street. And on Saturday night, we will do a Chamber 4 Masterwork Showcase, which will be at the historic Burke High School at their Performing Arts Center in downtown Charleston. The Baroque to early classical period, some of the noted names that come to people's mind would be Bach, um, Chevalier de St. George, who was a contemporary of Mozart, who uh, was a mulatto that uh, we consider to be the grandfather of black classical music. One of his string quartets, Opus Number no. 1, uh, Number no. 4 in C minor, will be performed on the opening night. 
Of course, you can't do chamber without Mozart. There will be a piece by Corelli, his Concerto Grosse for uh, Opus Number no. 6, uh, will be performed. There are many, many other gems that will be coming along. As I said, uh, we will have the viola uh, that will be featured and uh, the Telemann um, Concerto in G Major of uh, Viola and String Orchestra will be performed on Thursday. On uh, Friday, uh, something that I think most folks would love to hear is uh, the Black Pulitzer Prize winning composer who died a month ago, uh, George Walker. One of his uh, sonatas, Sonata Number no. 1 for Piano Solo, will be performed on, on Friday. And then on, on Saturday, one of the major highlights will be Mozart's um, Symphony 29. Um, there will be some other uh, wonderful gems that uh, most of the audiences will uh, you know, enjoy. What type of audience comes out for the festival in your experience? Well, it's uh, traditionally a classical music patron. Uh, you know, Charleston has a long history with the Charleston Symphony giving us more than 83 years of um, music here, and of course, Stiletto Festival USA, which uh, takes place in May into June. And they have a major, major chamber music series that is you know, sold out for many days. So, you know, Charleston uh, will attract folks from around the globe. And we really never know until we go back to our contact management systems and look at where people come from. And it's just amazing on how far they come. But, you know, Charleston is a destination city. And we're grateful that um, for more than 40 years, this city has evolved into a world-class place for people to come and visit. And do you think that the approach of your particular festival uh, creates more diversity in the audience as well as uh, what's represented on stage? Absolutely. The pride of people uh, from this country, particularly African-Americans who are regional and that come in to see musicians uh, performing at the highest levels of classical music, uh, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing to see. They're mesmerized by it. But, you know, music is, is universal in that, you know, good music people love no matter who uh, is uh, playing it. If it's good and it's well done, people love it. But, you know, our society is a multicultural society and people want to see classical music diverse. And um, it's a complicated system, too much to go in on a, a show like this. But suffice it to say, we get great support from the classical music patrons here in Charleston. They love what we're doing. They understand it's a very challenging endeavor. And so we need all the support that we can get. And we ask people to maybe do a day trip and come down and check out some things from the Charlotte metro area. Finally, Lee, I'm interested in how you personally became interested in classical music. Mildred Gilmore Brevard, who is deceased, was my music teacher, and she did a lot of wonderful things in our classroom, and it's you know I wish that she was still with us so that she could see the success. She had a chance to perform with the Charleston Symphony many years ago on a concert I produced. But I got involved in music because of my music teachers, but it started in the AME Church, and I'm grateful that I had those experiences. It's so amazing how often the answer to that question uh, boils down to either a church musician or a music teacher. It's really incredible. Music teachers are the best. And I tell you, if you imagine your churches without choirs or your schools without bands and choruses, it would be a sad world. So we, we need to pay them what they are worth and support them. 
My guest has been Lee Pringle, founder and artistic director of the Color of Music Festival, running October 24th through the 27th at a number of venues in Charleston, South Carolina, with a focus on classical composers, musicians, and vocalists of African descent. The festival includes organ and piano recitals, string quartets, and other chamber ensembles, as well as chamber orchestra performances. And there's a link to the festival website for more information at the Piedmont Arts podcast page. That's at wdav.org slash subscribe. Lee, thank you so much for speaking with me, and I hope to get down to the festival one of these days. Thank you so much. We'd love to host you. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org slash subscribe, and follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College supported by listeners like you. Find us on the radio at 89.9 FM and HD1, streaming at wdav.org, or on our mobile app, available at Google Play and the iTunes App Store. Thanks for listening.